put headphones on and it makes my hair look exactly the same like it does every morning. No matter what my hair is doing, if I put headphones on, I look the same. It's all good. The gold of headphones. Hi, dog. It's, you've got a dog's butt. <laughs> I love a dog's butt. That's, I appreciate <laughs> So good about you. Some people want to push the dog off the couch. You, couch, you just reframe it so it's just more ass. That's great. <laughs> You're a good dude. Uh, where where are you? Uh, at home. In in home is. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, how are you liking that? Yeah, it's good. I uh I um have a uh. Do you know what Truly is the real estate app? Nope. It's just it's just a like yeah. it's like. Do you know what Zillow is? Yep. So yeah, it's, it's just Zillow. I actually think Zillow bought uh Trulia, but basically I like looking at Cincinnati. Because in California, I'm poor. But when I look at Cincinnati, I'm like, oh, like you could actually live there and have like a refrigerator that works and kitchen drawers that work and like you can live like a human being there. Uh, definitely. I mean, we bought um, we bought our house in 2020 during lockdown um, and definitely kind of like for the money, we've got a decent sized house, nice yard and it's in a, a nice area. So definitely get more free money than you do in uh, California. Is Cincinnati coming up? What's it doing? Uh, yeah. And so I'm not in the city center. We're kind of in the suburbs. Um, I'm in uh, Westchester. So a lot of the areas around are definitely kind of up and coming. And uh, uh, Could it be the next Austin or the next port? Like, like Portland was doing it. I don't know if you've ever been to Portland. Portland was killing it. There were so many young people there, crazy entrepreneurs there. And then no shit. It's like fentanyl took over and just bad thinking took over. And the whole city in the last five years just went just yeah. straight into the gutter. I mean, it's just, it literally is like zombies there. Right. Um, but, yeah. but I always thought Cincinnati could be one of those places where just young people, like excited young people could go and afford stuff and like just start cool businesses. Yeah. I mean, like, especially if you go into downtown, there's uh, a lot of, it's definitely got a younger vibe and um, a lot of nice kind of like restaurants and uh, like bars and kind of like breweries and stuff all popping up, which is definitely a lot more trendy and kind of up and coming. Comic book shops? <laughs> breweries. I know, but any comic book shops, you know, where um, your comic, do you know, where you, when's the last time you read a comic book, Sam? Um, probably. Ever? Have was- you ever read a comic book? Yeah, so when I was younger, um, especially like while I was still in school, I uh, studied art and I wasn't ever any good at kind of like realistic drawings. I was more into your kind of like cartoons and caricatures. So I used to um, get a lot of comics then and kind of take my inspiration from uh, drawing from comic books. And then you would draw on your mom's face too? I would, yeah. (laughs) You really did that? Your mom would be sleeping and you would draw on her face? Yeah, I I had a little mischievous streak. <laughs> oh, with a with a sharpie, like a permanent marker. Oh, I don't know if I ever was that bad. I would maybe use a permanent marker, kind of like on her leg or her arm or something. But I don't think I ever used a permanent marker on her face. But I mean, she could she could correct me on that one. Maybe I did. <laughs> you ever draw on Nicole? Uh, I've tried. Like, like she's, she's just sleeping and like you draw a sunset on her back or something. So I've tried, but she's, she's a lot more on the ball and, and she's stronger than me. So she just beat me up. <laughs> uh, Jake Chapman, Sam is the reason. 
Thank you, Jake. I started CrossFit. You you were you were um you were only doing CrossFit for four years when you won the games. Um yeah, so I started in two thousand and nine. Um first games in two thousand and ten. Nuts. Hey, um the the fact that um you won the CrossFit games and then the next year um didn't go to the games. Do you, do you think that's just a fucking in, in hindsight now that's just a colossal failure on the CrossFit games? Like they, um, but, do you think it was just bad for everyone? You, the sport, the, you know, the spirit of everything. Like as I, as I read that section in your book and I think back, I go, yeah, that was a fuck up. That was a, that was like a mistake on the um, organizer's part. That, that was Dave, Dave Castro's fault. I think there was a lot of changes that kind of happened Changes going into that year. Um, obviously, they got rid of the past champion rule. So if they'd have kept that, um, me and Annie both wouldn't have taken a spot. So uh, that would have been, uh, I think even Catherine might have made it to the games that year. And that was the year that she missed as well. Um, uh, okay, uh, Your Honor, uh, Miss Briggs is avoiding the question. I would like to uh, uh, approach the bench one more time. Okay, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, I, I, here's the deal: What's it say? You you were just as fit in 2000. You won the games in 2013. Yes. Yeah, so in 2014, I, you're injury free, Sam Briggs. Maybe the best you've ever felt. Yeah. No. Definitely, I was definitely in, in a lot better shape uh, in 2014. And if you look at the results of all the other workouts minus the handstand walk. Um, I definitely kind of like proved my like fitness and my like strength um, there. Um, it was just one of those unfortunate things. Back in 2013, the scoring was different, mm-hmm. uh, which was then changed in 2014. Um, and then in Europe, we have a lot of ex gymnasts. So Max distance, handstand walk for somebody who played soccer all their life is a lot harder for somebody who's done gymnastics all their life. Yeah, I, I just as I as I read it, uh, maybe I'll just keep saying it for you. It's it's absolutely nuts that they didn't make sure that you went to the games, or or at least at least it should have been a huge enormous flag of how fucked up the programming was. I mean, I, in hindsight, I think they just really really botched the programming. That means they accelerated it too fast. They, it was just a huge it was a huge miss. Now in hindsight, when I think, especially for how how amazing the 2013 games were and that there were some unanswered questions uh, with Annie being gone and that it was just a great opportunity to have Annie back. It was just, it was a, it was a screw up. I'll say it for you. They really, they shit the bed. And as I reread that in your book, I can't even believe it happened. It's, it's, It's an embarrassment. It's a stain on the sport. There. I said it. Luckily though, like you're so positive. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Tell me luckily. Luckily, I, I won the lotto that year and, and walked away with thirty million dollars. I got you know. I, I, um, but at least I still made it back to the games in twenty fifteen and more years. Like yes. um, it wasn't like that was the end of me. I didn't let it kind of destroy me. Yeah, it, it, it and it could have right. It could have been yeah. just like straight to heroin and drinking. Well, you never know. <laughs> You liked drinking in college. You were a normal. You were kind of a normal college kid. You got a job at a bar and just party. Yeah, uh, 
definitely kind of uh, played sports like kind of all the way through um, my younger years and then kind of got to that college stage and then decided, oh, drinking and going out and partying, this is so much more fun. Why have I been doing all this uh, working out instead of partying? So I kind of took a little bit of a, a change of pace and had a few years where uh, just kind of didn't do any exercise and was more into going out with friends. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't regret any of that. That definitely gave me a lot of life experience and probably made me more determined when I did get back into sport um, to kind of like concentrate on it. I don't feel like I ever missed out on anything because I kind of had the best of both worlds. Um, I, I like that how you say that too, because a lot of people, when they take, you, you know, we get these stories on here where, Hey, I started drinking in college and the next thing I know I'm in rehab. And so I found CrossFit to like help me with that. But I think my experience was more like yours too. I mean, I wish I would have drank just a little bit less maybe. And I, I wish I would have smoked less, but, but other than that, it was a great experience. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I loved, I loved partying. Yeah, no, I did. And I think, I definitely think like then when I got into competing seriously and you had to then start missing out on uh, social experiences and missing out on people's birthdays, it was kind of easier to say no because I've already kind of lived that life and now it's time for me to dial things in and concentrate on the hard grind instead of going out and partying. Leads, leads, leads. (laughs) It, that's where you play. Is, is that considered semi-pro? What is that? What is, what kind of soccer is that? You played there four years, right? Uh, yeah. So I was at. Um, so I played for Bradford City and then Leeds City, and I was never good enough to be a pro football. Um, but we we were like a high level. Uh, we would play like the uh, FA Cup, Women's FA Cup, and kind of like county cups and stuff. So we were a decent level team. Um, I just wasn't talented enough. Um, I wasn't a skillful player. I was just high. I had the fitness. I could get back to the ball. I could I could run up. I could continue running for the whole 90 minutes. So I was one of those kind of reliable players, more on my fitness as opposed to my skill on the ball. And then, and then you, you quit uh, when you were getting injuries from uh, football. You quit because you had put your priority as a firefighter over uh football and you're like okay I can't get injured and, and screw this up with my job yeah it just got to the stage where I was in work one day um after playing football the night before and my ankle was so swollen that we'd got back from a job and I couldn't actually get my like fire boot off my foot had like swollen to the size of my boot and I was like I can't be doing this this is kind of ridiculous I was never going to go anywhere with um with football with soccer that it was going to pay me a career that was just kind of my hobby uh so I had to kind of prioritize working and earning a living to be able to pay for the bills and stuff over doing something like that I like this um I like this notion of uh celebrating firsts um like um i like i like to sell i like the idea of celebrating the fittest person in the world i like knowing where the tallest tree in my town is 
I like the I, I like the notion of uh, knowing uh, that um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember what you uh, what was it at, at some of at some event you beat every um, let me see um, at some event you beat every single person in the workout except for one male I like that okay. too I like I like contextualizing that in general we think of women as not being as fast and as strong and then you know we see things like what Carrie Pierce did or what you've done where there are these workouts where a woman beats all the men I I, I like all that yeah I think it's cool I think that's um one thing that kind of uh is good about CrossFit uh, especially if the workouts they get kind of the the scaling different um differential correct between the male and the female that it is kind of like an even race or like when it's Mary and it was uh, body weight just that kind of where you can actually see the comparison of the male and female competitors it doesn't come down to the fact that oh they're winning because they're a male they're winning because they're female it's like oh they're winning because they are actually the fittest at that workout Right. And, and, and uh, it was in 2009 at your first CrossFit competition. Uh, the first event was a run and you beat everyone, including the boys. Yeah. <laughs> now. Um, and, and then I, and then I also like this notion that you brought CrossFit to an all male uh, fire station to an all group of you started CrossFit and then you brought it to these guys. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think so during um, back in the UK, uh, in the fire service, uh, you can. Um, I, I did my personal training qualification through the fire service to be the fitness instructor for my shift. They so, asked you to be it, right? Your commander asked you to be it. Yeah. So then. Uh, and you it, were hugely flattered by that. Oh, obviously, because uh, you, you're doing things for your fitness and doing things that you enjoy and it's always an honor when somebody else kind of like notices that and sees kind of like what you're doing and then wants you to then share it with other people. I think that's one of the greatest compliments is when somebody asks you to share your knowledge or share like what you're doing with other people to teach other people. What I don't like is when the celebration, I do, I do like these celebrations. I do like noting, I, I don't like this a perseverating or obsessing on, um, on trying to make the sexes equal. And it was interesting hearing you talk about it in the book because you didn't want, so, so, so basically you were going through the academy and there were a bunch of cuts and someone came from the head office and they just assumed you had been cut. And they're like, hey, they were from the DEI council. They were from the Equality Council. And they're yeah. like, uh, you can't cut Sam. Uh, she's our only female. And you were in the, the, the commander's like, yo, Sam beat the dudes. Like, what are you talking about? We're not cut. Like, it was, yeah. it was, it was, a, it was a judgment. And, and it brings me to this thing. Um, recently, I just saw in Australia, they're lowering the standards for firefighters for the mile and a half run to get more women. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how Sam would feel about that. Well, first of all, I, I hate the idea because you shouldn't lower the standards to get the best women. You should set the standards to get the best people. Yeah, right? no, I'm kind of with that that notion. Um, like if for any job you have a certain requirement, it shouldn't be changed depending on who that is that's 
going for the job. It literally is when I wanted to join the fire service, um, I was already kind of physically fit um, through playing football, uh, but I wasn't very strong. So I got a gym membership. I learned how to lift and I started improving my strength. And I trained for a year to to pass these tests and to to be strong enough and to be competitive enough. So you should rise to the challenge. They shouldn't be like dropping the challenge for you. you. It should be that people are wanting to rise to that challenge to get in. And then I think you know that you're getting the people in the job that really want to be there. They've proven because they've passed the tests, they've got the fitness, they've got the strength, and they've worked hard because they really want the job and they're the ones that are going to be the best fit for for the role. And you weren't given respect, you earn respect, is what yeah. it sounds like from your book. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think I think that's the best way. Like if if you've earned everything in your life, if you've earned your respect, if you've earned your position, then the people that you're working with and the people that are going to be working either above you or below you, it's like they can see that. It's not like you've just been given everything. And I think I think there's a greater kind of um, mutual than respect, especially in a job like being a firefighter. You're going into uh, burning buildings and doing things where you're looking after each other. You're, you want to know that the other person's got your back. If anything happens, you're there for each other. And if you've been given everything, do you trust somebody that's there because they've been given everything? Or do you trust somebody that's earned that respect and earned that position? I, I wonder how we balance that. Like, I, I, li- I, love, I really do like the idea of celebrating firsts. But it doesn't um, – it, it's okay if there's only three uh, female firefighters. It's just like um, for some reason women don't want to be coal miners. It's okay. Women don't want, there's not a lot of female electricians. It's okay. Right. Um, there's jobs that for some reason our sexes kind of lean into, um, uh, pilots. So I don't know if you heard, but they're trying to lower the standard for pilots. Not they're trying, they lowered the standards for pilots at United airlines to let in more women and minorities. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody wants that. Right. Like no, no, nobody wants a surgeon. I don't need an, I don't need an Armenian surgeon. Like if, if Armenians are better at working at liquor stores, then that's where we'll go work. I'm, my dad made a, a great living working at a liquor store. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, um, it, but, but you did it. You, you, you went to a place, you went to a place that was all male and you succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it's like um, I'm back in the fire service now. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Are uh, our firefighters in Ohio just? Oh, I, I, I hope none of your workers are working. How how is their fitness? Um, it's not bad. I've definitely seen worse. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. The department that I'm at's pretty pretty cool um, regarding the fitness. Uh, it is clusters uh, part of your role on your 24 shift that you do fitness training and each station is equipped with a gym so uh, I do I do think that that is a good step if if this if the actual department is behind fitness then at least it helps 
alleviate that barrier. You can't go in and say, well, I don't have the chance to work out when you're working a 24-hour shift and there's a gym on station fully kitted out for you to use. So You were super proud to... To to be a firefighter in the UK is it same in the United States? You're proud. You're proud of your service. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and that was one of the like cool things um, when I was thinking about getting back into the fire service. I wasn't even sure whether it would be uh, possible for me to do it. And so the fact that I'm now back doing it and I'm back working in a profession that I loved doing before. Um, just kind of like felt felt right it was like the the progression from being a firefighter going to athlete and now i'm back as a firefighter and definitely feels good and i'm super proud of everything that i've achieved in um all the domains um how how long have you been a firefighter in ohio uh so uh, i started in the academy in august and we had a five-month academy uh, so I started with City of Hamilton, uh, kind of mid December. So, so just so just recently. Yeah. Holy cow! Hey, is that a trip that you're a veteran firefighter um, and that you started all over in the academy? It was pretty crazy. Uh, I definitely I'd been out of the service for nine years, so I definitely needed a refresher. That's for sure. And obviously, a lot of things have changed. Different technologies are in different ways of uh, firefighting. So it made sense to to do the academy again. Um, it, it definitely felt different going, going back into being a, a probationer and uh, in the academy at 40 rather than 20. So it's a, it's a big difference. <laughs> Hey, um, what was the, were you the oldest person? Uh, yes, I was. And, and was there an age where, um, isn't there an age? Like I, I had a friend, I have a friend, uh, here over the hill in Sunnyvale who wanted to become a firefighter and they told him and he's 37 and they told him yeah. he's going to need an exemption cause he's too old. He's going to have to like, and he's really fit, but they said, Hey, we don't take people who are 37. Yeah. So, um, Every department is slightly different. Uh, the department that I'm employed with now had a cutoff of 41. So um, that's why wow. that's why literally I got straight into the academy and got the application and everything uh, rolling as soon as I found out. Um, I started interviewing and stuff before uh, semifinals last year. So it was always the, the plan to, in the summer, start and get all my qualifications done so I could be employed before my 41st birthday. Um, is there, is there a demographic Sam in the fire, in the um, like, you know, um, uh, carpet stores in LA are owned by Armenian dudes. Um, jewelry stores in LA are owned by Jewish dudes. Um, all the guys who work at Facebook are Indian. Like, is there a demographic for firefighters in Ohio? Is it like all Nigerian immigrants now or? Uh, I would say it's definitely a, a higher majority of uh, white males. It um, is. So that's still a yeah, white male job, firefighter. Still, yeah. Any Dalmatians? Uh, so like, I actually found out for the first time why Dalmatians were the fire dog. And it goes back to when horses used to draw the fire carts. And Dalmatians are actually 
naturally even tempered with horses. So that's why Dalmatians were the fire dog. Oh, they're cool dogs. Yeah. I think they were overbred, right? They started getting a little weird. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. I think that happened with uh, a lot of, a lot of different dogs. I was reading the same about um, Dobermans as well, that Dobermans have been overbred and they used to be really good security dogs and stuff like that. And now they can't, they they've been too overbred and the traits that they were bred for are now too, too strong and everything else is too weak and stuff like that. You have a pit bull. I have two. They're both rescues. And, um, how, how come you have a pit? When I think of people with pit bulls, I think of people who are like, like, like they want a little bit of trouble in their life. Like, <laughs> they, they're just looking not not that they're bad dogs but but if they do go bad it gets really bad yeah um definitely coming from the uk uh where like you're not allowed um pit bulls and stuff um, what really they're illegal in the in the uk yeah um when we wow. were, when we were getting our first dog uh i was obviously a little like oh are we sure is this uh is this okay and like Honestly, our older dog, Groot, he is the softest, most loyal, loving the dog you would ever meet. And they, you couldn't wish for a better dog. And then uh, Teddy, who's our youngest, um, we adopted him. There was a litter of seven that needed homes. And so we actually fostered two of them. And we ended up keeping Teddy. And he is the highest energy thing I have ever known in my life but he's also again the most loving uh, dog like all he wants to do is just give you kisses he's like just all he wants when he sees you it's kisses 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 it's like how can people say that these are like the most vicious dogs when uh, they're just like they're just so loving they're definitely they're people dogs they just want to be with with people all the time uh, th- like for instance, look at this guy, um, David. He said pit bulls are the best, but of all all the people who listen to the show regularly, he's like one of the most dangerous guys. Like he's <laughs> like I can just tell by his comments. Like if you're in a bar drinking with him, shit could get weird. He's even got a skull next to his name. Oh yeah, see right, yeah, good, good eye. Are you on a computer? I am. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Some people. Yes. You- Last time you made fun of me and said that you didn't think I had a computer, but I didn't have any earphones to plug into the computer. So after the last podcast, I actually bought some plug-in earphones. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, someone, someone told me the other day that Rich Froning doesn't own a computer. Like he doesn't have a laptop. He's just a phone guy. Yeah. I don't know. Like if he does a lot of programming and stuff like that, I'm sure he'd have to have, I think he just has people. Yeah, I think he maybe. just he just has people. Froning yeah. just has people. Um, uh, what were you doing at the Arnold? I saw that. I saw this. I see this picture of you and uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So uh, obviously, Roga, the big sponsor of the Arnold, and so I was just on the booth with uh, Dan Bailey on the Friday, and then I was on the booth with uh, Mary and Maddie on um, Saturday. And it was actually really weird. Security started closing down the booth and pushing all the people away to one side. And um, 
we're like, I don't know, it's coming through and like shutting everything down. So we were getting ready to just take a selfie as he was walking by. And he actually stopped and took a photo with us and then um, made time to take a photo with all the rogue staff that was there. No shit. He looks great. Yeah, he definitely doesn't look. I mean, like, how old is he now? Like 70? He definitely doesn't look that old. Yeah, wow, crazy. And how was the event? Did you like it? Yeah, it's always an interesting place, I think. Definitely good for people watching. You know, um, when the, the first time I went to the Arnold or the Mr. Universe, I was I was filming some arm wrestling. And I went there and I was like, man, there's a lot of like people here I don't even recognize as human. <laughs> um, they, they, they had stuff had had their bodies didn't look human to me, whether it was because of, um, surgery augmentations or steroids or just, just all the stuff, you know, the extreme, cause it's, a, it's extreme, right? It's like the strongest people in the world, the yeah. fastest people. And sometimes I wonder if the CrossFit community, if, if, and, and I always thought of CrossFit as us kind of different than them, right? Like, because ours, I, I, I guess I fancy our sport to be clean and this just to be an expression of our DNA when you, um, when you, when you put it under this, this lifestyle regiment. But, but other times I wonder, I'm like, oh shit, am I now part of this like weird group? And I've lost my, like, I don't know what a regular human being looks like anymore. Like I recalibrated to, to weirdo world. Do you, do you ever wonder about that? I do think, uh, especially when you spend a lot of time in an environment where people work out and people think even in um, just your local box, the average member looks fitter than the average population where you live. So, right. Right. Like you walk into a Starbucks and you're just like now, and you're just like, Oh my God, every person in here is obese. Like there's 42 people in here and I don't reckon one of them doesn't look like they can run 200 yards. So I think you just become accustomed to kind of the environment that you're in and the people that you're surrounded by. So that becomes your new norm. So then when you go to Starbucks or you go to the supermarket and then you actually see the rest of the real population, um, and especially now working back in the fire service, like 90% of the people that we're going to help are people that, need help because they're either obese or they have um disease or like something wrong with them and so i'm now seeing a lot of the other extreme where people are so unhealthy Mm. that they need they need help hey well i guess that's happened too have you ever been to disneyland no uh, but but i've definitely seen a lot of uh the photos and i think it was on one of was it one of your shows uh, a while back that you did around Disneyland? Uh, yeah, I went to yeah. Disneyland and I guess now you, you, wow, you just really opened my eyes. The Arnold is to bodybuilding what sugar consumers are to Disneyland. Yeah. It, I, they yeah. don't look, the people there didn't look human to me either. Like the baseline there is, is reset. They, I mean, those people are like in an eating contest. <laughs> uh, Brian M. You think, uh, uh, Two 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 dollars and what what did he say? Uh Sam, Samantha. You will always be one of my faves. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. 
Um, Sam, are do you, are, do you think you're ever going to have kids? Um, I don't know. Um, it's something that we've uh, talked about. Um, I I love kids, um, but I don't have the desire to actually pop one out. Um, so it would either me neither, be, me neither. Yeah, it's like now. So it would either be on Nicole or the possibility of adopting. So. And you are a, a nurturer and a giver. Like you want to. That's your. That's your. That's your deal. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm definitely kind of on the wavelength of a of a child. I like to. <laughs> I like that mentality. I'd much rather, uh, kind of like play around and have fun and, than than adult. Um, Lindsay Valenzuela said. Um, that you're the most, uh, the, the kindest and most generous and thoughtful athlete she's ever worked with. Like she can't almost can't even believe that you're like really a competitor, like that those two beings exist in one person. Well, I, I think that, and we saw it at the CrossFit games too. You don't need to be humble. No one's listening. It's just me and you. Um, we saw it at the CrossFit games too. Um, you won Murph, right? Yeah. Second place out of all the athletes, first place amongst the women, and then you stayed out there while uh, people were dying. There were grown men hiding. Do you remember that? Underneath little bits of shade, trying to get shade, grasping at their vests to pull them off, and you were just out there helping people take their weight vests off. I think that obviously you can see that so many people were struggling, and as soon as I've like finished and I'd actually like cooled down a little bit and got a drink. It's like, you want to help other people. Uh, most of the other competitors like off the field were, were friends. We like work out, we like talk, talk to each other, know each other. And so as soon as I'd finished the event, that was me being competitive over. And then I'm back to like being a friend. Just like that. Hey, it, um, it really was bad, right? It was carn. There was carnage at the. I mean, I mean, I've never seen. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, funny enough, we were talking about it um, probably last week, and we were talking about um, the just like how people can push themselves past like what they should. It's like everything in your body is meant to regulate you. Your mind's meant to stop you going to those extremes that your body's starting to fail. And just the fact that Cara Webb was running and like her head's not even like up straight. Uh, it's yeah, it was crazy. It's like I there's no way that I could have just walked off and left like people like that. It's like um, so everyone knows it was in the stadium, it was in the big stadium, um, the soccer stadium in Los Angeles. And as people crossed the finish line, there were si- there were electronic signs there wrapped around the entire stadium, and they offered a little bit of shade. And people were like diving underneath those signs. People were pouring water on themselves. People were like fall down and, and were uh, the majority of people, and they were fighting to get their vests off. And Sam was over there just helping people take their vests off and pull vests off of people. It was, uh, I remember Benny, Benny Garrard also was like, I, I remember interviewing him and he was like under those signs. It was nuts. It was truly, who, who, won, who ended up winning that event? Was that Josh? No, Josh? He, he didn't compete that year. I think it was, uh, was it BK? Okay. BK. And then you, and then you came in. Yeah. 
I think. Uh, I'm trying to remember what kind of shape uh, BK was in. Hey, why do you think that happens? You think that people like actually their their tools of assessment of how wounded they are are like maybe like five minutes behind where they're really at. Like it catches them. Like you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, and then you cross over the line and you still don't know it for a few minutes. Yeah, and like the kind of they're all competitors so their desire to win or their desire to not do badly um, is greater than the pain of the workout or the voice that's telling them to slow down. I think as well, um, like a lot of people that year, I mean, I was shocked by when it was the start and people were sprinting. I'm like, this is a long workout. It's, really really hot and everybody's sprinting off the start line um, so I think a lot of people went out way too hard and then they're still trying to work but the body is already like gone into that red line so far into that red line that no matter how much they slow down or try to recover the body is not able to get out of that that deficit that they've dug themselves into what do you think about people who say um, that it's negligent on the games team to to have events in that kind of heat? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it was pretty extreme, but I think one of the things that CrossFit always prided itself on was like testing the fittest under all different um, circumstances and heat plays a, a huge factor into that it doesn't have to just be time domain it doesn't have to be waiting um like heat or cold like they play a massive factor into how you can perform so i agree 100 percent. i know ne- i don't think it was ever too hot anywhere anyhow to compete and i i, I like this idea that you present where like hey if it's hot you better reel back the um, competitive side of you and come out a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's ridiculous to blame in, when people say safety first. It's not safety first. It's like, hey, we're testing for the fittest in the world. This the whole thing is is the whole thing is dangerous. Even if you don't see it's dangerous, because there's 39 other people out there who want to beat you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that, like you said, that comes into play. It's like. If there was a different weight in on a barbell, you pace a workout different. If the temperature is really hot, you've got to pace the workout different. Um, and like a lot of people like complained about the lack of water, but the first turnaround point on the run, there was a water station and nobody stopped for water apart from me. I wasn't thirsty at the time, but I took a little, <laughs> I took a little sip of water and threw the rest of the cup over my head, and it's like, it's keeping cool while you're still already cool. Like, don't wait until you've already overheated. It's like you had to like put all these things into place before it got too late. Uh, and, and there comes in the play, correct me if I'm wrong, the importance of doing other sports. Um, Sam competed in the biathlon and triathlon at the highest levels, at, at the world championships, at the European championships. And those are probably things you learn, right? Those are things right. you learned in that sport. Yeah. Hey, dump a wa- if you don't drink the water, at least dump one on the head. Yeah. like that. 
so when I retired from playing football, soccer, um, I did like I started running and I was doing the uh, triathlons and stuff. And you you do learn the different kind of hydration and fueling techniques that when a workout like Murph, that even though it's a CrossFit workout, is a longer duration workout. So you need to you don't just need to think about how I'm going to break up the reps. You're going to th- need to think about how am I going to hydrate for a long workout when you're in the sun. And I think you'll see that's very different now how you see the athletes and uh, a lot of different athletes are sponsored by different hydration companies and stuff like this. And so athletes now are already having these things already in their locker. So when it's a longer event, they've already got this covered now. Um, uh, I, I was Sam's judge when she beat Telena at Wadapalooza during the ring event on Tina Hills. Frank yeah. yeah, me and Telena at Wadapalooza that year had a good battle. <laughs> um, are you still in contact with her? Yeah. She had uh, twins. She did, yes. So uh, I went and stayed with her for a few days. Um, not this Wadapalooza, but last year. So she was pregnant with the twins just before she uh, she had the twins. So. It was good to good to catch up with her and uh, see see where she's living now and stuff. When's the last time? When's the last? Did you did you compete as a masters? No. Do you have any intention? Um, I don't know. I did the I did the open. Um, we decided uh, we decided the day before the open that we would do the open. So uh, that was you and Nicole. Uh, me and my coach, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still working with my coach. Um, Who's that? Uh, what's it? What's his or her name? Uh, James Jowsey. He's um, based in the UK. And uh, and how how are are, are you uh, in good health? The knee, the the body, the foot, the yeah. So that's what we. Uh, so after competing last year with a uh, bad knee. Uh, I definitely had compensated a lot. So the hips were off and everything was all messed up. Um, so when I like started at the Fire Academy, uh, we basically for five, six months, I've just stripped everything back and been doing kind of a bit of a rebuild. So I've not really been doing uh, any CrossFit. Uh, I've not been doing any heavy lifting or anything. It's just getting the body back to feeling good so that I can be number one, strong enough and fit enough to do my job effectively. And then hopefully number two, get back to doing um, some CrossFit because I, I still love it. Um, and hopefully get back to kind of feeling good moving in CrossFit again. Uh, and that was one of the things uh, he asked for the video when I did the uh, 23.2 with the shuttle run and the thruster because we've not been doing any heavy barbell. Uh, he asked for the video and he said that it's the nicest I've moved in a long time. Uh, mm. He said this time last year uh, and his his words were, you looked like arthritis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I was like, well, I probably felt like arthritis as well last year. <laughs> yeah, so. You um, working out is uh, therapeutic for you, right? I mean, oh, you, yeah, you, sure. and you need it. And, and you, it seems like you're also, you need more than just to work out you, that you need goals and challenges and that you're, you want to be put in places where you can fail. 
Yeah, I I love like I love being challenged. I love doing. I mean, uh, if not, I would have retired a long time ago. It's kind of like I didn't need to keep going, but I I loved it. And like every time that I had an injury or an, like needed surgery, it was always then the challenge of how fit can I get back. It was never like uh, when I had shoulder surgery, the first thing wasn't. I've got to make it back to the games. It was like, I wonder if I can get back to the same strength or the same like gymnastics volume as I used to. And so it was setting smaller goals. And then the the bonus when you you reach those goals is you are strong enough and you are fit enough to qualify back for the games. When you didn't make it to the games in, in 2014, did you have a good cry? I didn't cry. I got very drunk. You didn't, you didn't, you never cried. No. Because in your book, you don't mention crying either. No, I think I was more angry. It didn't feel real kind of at first. And then it was a little bit of anger. And then it was kind of, I think I felt more like I had to prove something. So I ended up just putting everything into training and probably, um, probably 2014 to like the beginning of 2015 was probably the hardest that I've trained and hardest that I've put my body through anything and I was kind of like the fittest and the strongest that I'd ever been but I basically entered every off-season competition that was available and then my body just started breaking down and that's when was that a fuck you to the world uh, I don't. I don't think it was to the world. I don't know. I don't know if it's like just entering every world. competition. I mean, it's so. I mean, now everyone's like so careful what they enter and what they don't enter, and you're just like, I'm doing everything. Yeah, I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to show them. With hindsight, it was probably the the wrong thing to do. Uh, but also, like, how do you know until you've done it? Like, I was yeah. on such a, a a good like trajectory. I. Like I podiumed at every competition that I did and it just felt like I was riding the wave. It's like I'd, I'd crashed not competing to the games, but then I was back on this, this epic wave. And then literally the week before the open, I crashed back down when I um, herniated a disc in my back. Yeah, crazy. And then still went to the games. Yeah, that's definitely more grit than anything else it was just kind of like determination it's like I didn't go last year I have worked my ass off for this whole year there is no way that I'm not making it back to the games this year um what do you know the last time you did cry um I've cried um I think it was I think it was when we were going to um adopt Teddy, the second dog, and I had a lot of stress from. <laughs> I think it was around like qualifying for like semifinals time or something. I had a lot of stress, and I was just like, "Oh, what if we don't get the dog? I love him. I love him." Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Everything just crashed down, and like Nicole was like looking at me, like, "Oh my god, like, don't worry, we'll we'll get this dog. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, Sam, what was your um, courtship process like her 
how, how do you know, how did you know that um, you liked her? How did she know she liked you? Was it mutual? Um, yeah. So uh, we met training at uh, Conjugate. She, uh, she was working with Shane Sweat and I was working with Laura Sweat. Where's Conjugate? Uh, in Ohio. It's here in Cincinnati. Um, and so we trained with each other a few times. Uh, at the games, she was. Do you know right away when you see her? You're like, oh, yep, that, I like her. So at first, I didn't think that she. Because uh, you're a flirtatious person, right? You're a pretty flirtatious person in person with everyone, boys yeah. and girls. You're pretty. You're pretty. Uh, yeah. Not not in a not in a creepy yeah. way or a sexual way, but you're very. It's very safe around you. You make people feel safe. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so people will open up around you. It, will, it, will, it can get fun around you very quick. Yeah. And so we'd have fun together. Uh, we started doing more training together. And I just thought, obviously, I liked her, but I didn't think that she was into me. And it turned out that she was like, I was like trying to like hint for ages. And you just weren't picking up on it. And I was like, oh, I just didn't think that you liked women. And then, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, how do you know how do did she how do you know if it since i I mean i'm just going off my own experience i assume i make the assumption that the vast majority of women like men yeah uh, romantically how the fuck do you know you're kind of fucked if you're a lesbian walking around the world you're like it's like uh can i mean is there a sign like do you wear a special earring or is like there's some (laughs) sort of like how the fuck do you know um i think normally you just have to kind of like talk it out and find out um you just feel around in the dark uh so uh do you have a boyfriend so so like who was the last person that you were dating right 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 (laughs) and i guess people know with you right i mean you're 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 famous in our sphere so people know with you yeah so they can approach you also yeah which was kind of like what happened and then um and then and then I made a move and she reciprocated. So, and then the rest is history. Did, did you ever feel that um, um, people wanted to date you just because of who you were, because you were just a CrossFit Games champion? Um, I, that would be fun just to, you know, have some intimacy with a, a, a notch on my bedpost, to have some intimacy with Sam Briggs. I definitely think there are people out there and I and I'm not hating on those people yeah. like, like shit. I, who wouldn't want to be with you? Right. I mean, shit, I you win the games. A lot of, uh, I think a lot of CrossFit athletes will like agree with some of the messages that get like come across on Instagram and people that I think some people feel that they know you because they've followed you and then they feel like they have the right to, Oh, why don't we go hang out? Why don't we go do this? I'm like, I'm good, thank you. Because I don't, because I don't know you. <laughs> and all those chainsaws in your in your uh, Instagram <laughs> profile uh, freak me out. Yeah. And do you, do you like being in a relationship? You like the stability of it? Does it does it kind of like give you like a um? What is the relationship to? Does it give you grounding so you can focus on other stuff in life? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you take her for granted. Like I take my wife for granted. I try not to. Yeah. I think, I think that's something that a lot of people could do with working on. I don't, I don't think people mean to do it, but uh-uh. you just, you just become comfortable and it's just 
then all of a sudden you're like, oh, damn. Um, but no, I, I was single for a while, did a lot of traveling. Um, and then and then it just it just felt right. It was kind of like the right time, the right timing, the right person. Everything just kind of like fell into place. And I was still like, I was still able to, I think because at the time as well, she was uh, still training and competing that, she understood what I needed to do. It wasn't like, oh, I can't go out tonight or I can't do this, I need to train because she was doing the exact same regime. So it actually like fell together really well. And, and your mom, um, is she still in the UK? Yep. Would you want her to move to the United States and be closer to you? Uh, I definitely think as like, uh, she gets older and stuff like it would be nice to be closer um, I I keep in touch a lot I ring her uh, I ring her every week so uh, now that I'm back in the fire service you obviously have a lot of things that you see and do that you want to like talk about after work and a lot of the things Nicole doesn't want to hear so my mom used to be a nurse so she's seen and heard and done all that stuff before so I just ring my mom once a week and like discuss all the discuss all the shit and uh, then I don't have to burden Nicole with some of the stuff that we do. Um, like uh, one of the first crazy calls you went on, you you there was it was a burning house. You went into the house and you and you well you sort of saved someone's life. You picked someone up and as you picked them up, the skin started peeling off of them. Yeah, it's definitely very surreal. The um, like a burnt body doesn't actually look like a real body. Like I think because all like a movie, a movie set body, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I think which obviously helps because it kind of detaches you from the fact that this was a human. I think one of the worst sort of incidents that you go to are like your car wrecks and your car crashes because they still look like real humans. And they're, they're either already dead or dying and you have to try and treat them, uh, which definitely is harder because they, they still look real. So you can't kind of like detach from, from that. I, um, I, 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 I one time walked up on a scene right as a car, a, a crazy guy had taken a car and drove it into a crowd. And there were, there were dead yeah. bodies everywhere. And I was going up to each one of the dead bodies to check on them. Yeah. And, and and I happened to be filming there. This was in Isla Vista. And I remember exactly what you're saying. One guy, his face was completely smooshed in. Yeah. But it, but 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 it was still a person. Yeah. Like he had a face, but it was turned. And so, you know, how our faces are kind of round and our nose yeah. sticks out their face. His this dude's face was smooshed in. Someone else. The the torso was wrong on the body. Yeah. Like like a Lego guy. And I remember feeling like um, someone right at that moment, like I was on drugs. Like my yeah. brain couldn't process that they were humans. It wanted to, it, yeah, it, it couldn't it's process like them it's as trying people. to self-protect. It's like, you don't want the emotions that's, that comes with seeing something like that. So your brain tries to like process it and kind of like store it in a way that it's not going to be like traumatic to you. It's like, if right. you see this as a Lego man or a, 
like something out of a movie, you can store this in a place in your brain where it's not as traumatic as like, oh my God, you've just like actually seen what you've seen. Um, and, and especially, would you say that you're a person, um, you're, uh, I don't know what the word is. It's, it's, it's kind of like empathy. I don't know if this is a word. Would you say you're an empath? Like, do you, do you empathize with people? Do you feel other people? Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at, uh, kind of getting like the job in hand done. I can kind of like separate the emotion. I can kind of, I don't know block things out in a way uh so it's kind of like the same as when you're crossfitting and you start hurting you block that pain out it's like when you're working and you you come up to a scene and you're dealing with something like that you can block that out and you just you kind of then in a bubble and you're just getting done what you know you need to do yeah it's it's weird because so so much of our life i feel is 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 reflecting other people right yeah. i think that's why being a cop is so fucked up right because you're just dealing you're just getting called from one shitty situation to another and just yeah. the whole day you're just reflecting all you're seeing as examples to you are shitty people yeah so, no for sure it's like right? um definitely like I could not have gone into the police force, the fire service. Like for me, it's like, yes, we have a lot of shitty situations, but I would say the majority of the time we're making those situations better. So you actually get a sense of elation at the end of it. There, there are the few jobs where we lose a life or we don't manage to save a property or whatever it is that we're doing but the number of times that we make the situation better outweigh the times that we don't. So you do get a lot more kind of elation out of it than you do the, the sad times. Um, uh, Jay, Jay, uh, bad car wrecks and suicide scenes are still, uh, still yeah. live with me. Uh, Jay Hartle, block it out until the job is done. Then you process it after. These are probably all like firefighters, nurses, cops. Yeah. Um, uh, the worst is when a hoarder dies and hasn't been found in a month. Oi. Yeah. <laughs> have you, have yeah. you had that? Have you been to a house where the, the body's been there like too long? Like, I oh, have, that's too luckily long. I have not. I've heard stories where the body has been there long enough that it was the neighbor in the apartment underneath that reported oh, it no. because the guy's like ooze was dripping through. Oh no. Oh no. And like, I don't know. I like, that's one of the things that is probably the worst for me is the smell. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You can see certain things, but once that smell enters, like trying to get rid of that smell afterwards. My, uh, my, the, a couple of nights ago, my wife ate some bad meat and she was, th- it was like two or three in the morning and she was throwing up and I went in the bathroom with her yeah. and I'm, and I'm like, uh, uh, we're going to have to flush the toilet. Uh, if anything comes out of your mouth, we have to flush the toilet as yeah. it's coming out of your mouth so I can hang out here. <laughs> I don't, why is it that vomit, um, vom- why does vomit make me want to vomit? Is there some sort of, like, it's so weird. Uh, maybe the smell like makes your gag reflex react as well. You know what else it's is like, weird about vomit? Like if you eat something and then you vomit, um, let's say that you, let's say you have a Cliff Bar or something, right? Yeah. You, or whatever your favorite snack you shouldn't be eating is, and you vomit it out, you might not eat that shit for ten years. Like it can it stains your brain. You know what I mean? You love asparagus, and then you barf one night, eating asparagus comes out. You're like never eating yeah. asparagus again. Yeah, 
That's uh, I can't eat grapefruits. Great, because you threw up one time after a grapefruit? Not after a grapefruit. Too much grapefruit vodka. Which oh, has, oh. Which has put me off grapefruit altogether. <laughs> At the games one year, I went, uh, it, when it was in Manhattan Beach, it was uh, Dave's birthday, and we went out to a place, and I had fish. And that, and I got some sort of food poisoning. It was like some sort of yeah. fish soup, and I didn't eat fish for uh, forever. Uh, Robbie Myers, I have a firefighter friend who had to move a 400-plus-pound body out of their house because they were overweight and died a few days ago in their house. Wow. Yeah, they had uh, the on the shift before my shift, um, the night before, they had a 750-pound guy they had to bring from um, the second floor. How, do, they, do they do a forklift out the window? I'm not even joking. Is that how they do it? Uh, so depending on the size they can do, and they have uh, special ambulances now, bariatric units to take larger uh, persons. Um, but like a lot of the time now, um, you you can ask for more manning. So you'll get the ambulance turning up with the two paramedics on, and then you'll get uh, one or two of the fire engines turning up with an extra like three people on each fire engine. So you can have a potential of like uh, eight to 10 people to just try and. A friend of mine is a captain. Um, uh, maybe he's even a chief now. He's been a captain for a while. Uh, and he told me that the, in their region, the leading cause of injury is back injury. And I go, what's, what, do you know what the primary thing is? He's got, dude, it's picking people up who fall behind their toilets. Yeah. Like getting yeah, in weird no, positions. That's, that's pretty common. Yeah. And then I also saw that they have like the, the, now firehouses have um, I guess it's been a while, but I was surprised when I saw this. They have actually like little fork trucks, little little forklifts for humans to carry humans around. They're little like hand trucks that like you used to move a lot of boxes with. But now they have them for humans. You guys have one of those? We don't have one of those. Maybe oh. I, maybe I suggest that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, any any issues being a foreigner and joining the um the fire like any weird hoops you had to jump through like are uh, they concerned you're a terrorist or anything uh so <laughs> we have to do a, so it, so funny enough you have to do a polygraph to to get in oh, oh do you have video like, of that post that <laughs> it was uh i think it was like almost an hour long and basically you have to sit with your chin on this rest hold on sam one second is the polygraph only for uh, foreigners or is it for all firefighters i think it's for all firefighters okay, but i okay. think the questions that they asked were maybe uh so you for you your chin's like on this rest and your eyes have to line up and then you're not allowed to blink you have to stare at the screen and then you have a mouse in your hand and the question turns up and you have five seconds to answer the question left for true right for false and all of the questions were either about taking drugs stealing or being part of a terrorist organization wow and just basically the same questions over and over again, but written slightly different. Yeah. It might be, uh, I was part of ISIS. I was never part of ISIS, but you have to be really quick answering. And yeah. like, there's a few of them where I press the wrong button. And I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, no, I can't move. And you get them like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you just like, I remember thinking afterwards, because you don't find out anything from it. It just it gets sent to the department that's hiring you. And I remember thinking, I was like, well, 
I'm either going to get the job or somebody's going to come and arrest me for being a terrorist in the next few days. <laughs> I Some of those questions require like thinking, like, did you ever steal anything? And you're like, I feel like I stole a pack of gum in the third grade. Oh, yeah. And then that reminds you, oh, yeah, another time I took a cantaloupe from them. Oh, and then it's just this, this, this <laughs> rain. You start putting together this list of bad shit you've done. But you, you only have like literally, I think it might even be three seconds to answer. It has to be like quick. Uh, if you're delaying your answer, it's classed as being um, a lie. If you look away or you're at excessive eye movements, it's lying. It's like there's like so many little things to it. Do they tell you that ahead of time? I ha- I, I, well, when I think, I feel like I look away. When I think, I think I, I look up. Um, and, and so are you going to do this for 20 years now? Is that the goal? Be a firefighter for 20 years and, and, and retire as a firefighter? Yeah. I think that'll see me to, I'm 60. Um, I can't imagine that I'd want to be any older than that putting fires out. But I mean, you look at some of the masters that are in the 60 category and you're like, damn, they could actually be still putting fires out. They look a lot fitter than some of the guys that I'm working with now. And I was going to actually say that, and that is kind of the nice, I guess that's the nice thing about there being so many unhealthy people in the world is that if now, if you're 60, you're probably, you're you're as fit as like the average 35 year old, maybe, maybe, God, maybe even the average 25 year old. Uh Um, How you, you, as a kid, you smoke cigarettes. Uh, Like not like properly not like all the time just tried it friends were doing it oh so you didn't have any quit you don't have a hard quitting story no sorry okay cut that off the list you ever get any anything that you ever had to quit that you didn't want to quit like Mm -hmm. like that and you have you ever had any drug addiction any you were drinking like 12 diet cokes a day any yeah i don't know like i uh, before CrossFit, I definitely didn't know much about nutrition and the way I ate and stuff was definitely not conducive of being an athlete. Um, but I think I've always been pretty like strong-willed. So like when I decided to do CrossFit and like CrossFitters at the time did the zone diet, it was like, okay, I'm going to do the zone diet. So there was never a kind of like, uh, a hard time in between there I used to even plan out if I was going out on Friday night like I would take into the account of what the carbs were in the beer that night and not eat the carbs for the rest of the day to save so that I was still fitting in my zone diet <laughs> yeah this you're you're pretty about ba- whoa whoa you're a pretty balanced person Always. You're pretty, you're pretty, you have you're pretty, you have some, you don't, you're, except in your athleticism, you're, there's not really any extreme to you. You're chill. Oh, yeah. I'm a pretty chill person, I would say. You're not fighting demons day to day. You're not like, don't throw up yeah. after this meal, Sam. Don't throw up after this meal. No, um, I mean, like, uh, when I was younger, there was a time that uh, I did, like, I wouldn't say that I ever like massively struggled with any eating disorder, but I think as any teenage girl growing up, especially at the time where skinny was the only thing that you could be, 
Mm-hmm. It was like that's that's the only role models you had. So there would there were times like when I was younger that I ever wouldn't eat or I would like try and starve myself going to bed so hungry at night. But uh, you're telling yourself that this is good. I'll be thin in the morning. That's kind of thing. Or if I'd yeah. eat too much, like I still do that. It up. Yeah, <laughs> but it was never kind of long lived. It was. Uh, luckily kind of like the people around me and the support system I have like I grew to understand that you didn't have to be skinny you you were okay just being you you are as far as uh, CrossFit athletes go you are pretty slender right yeah um I think like for my height uh a lot of the girls like especially now, like, are a good, like, 20 pounds more than me. Um, now I'm not doing as much training. I find it hard to, <coughs> like, keep any weight on. Like, you could uh, turn yourself into looking like a triathlete in six months, like be one of those tiny little sticks that runs. I think some of those women could never do that. Just They're just not built like that. Yeah, I think it's different. Um, it's like... I remember like having this conversation with actually Sarah once we were like saying something and we just built different, like the bone. It's not, it's not just like more mass, like the bone structure is different. Like I have very small bone structure, like my wrists are so skinny. And then you look at like how Sarah's built. She's just a strong build. Yeah. Um, So even when I was kind of at my like strongest and heaviest, like I was only 145 to 150. That was like when I was at my heaviest and my strongest. Sam, a friend of mine one time told me, you know the guy too. Do you remember Travis Bajant? He was a commentator yeah. at the CrossFit Games. Travis told me that he recommended if, if you're going to start training a kid young to just really work on their endurance like just really build an insane foundation for endurance. And then from there, you can sort of uh, parlay that into anything, right? Just really focus, make your kid an endurance savage. And then he'll probably can from there can turn into any sport, right? And he said, and you, and you have the endurance that you work on has to be better than the sport you're in. So um, that's why it's so hard to find endurance training for fighting because the, the, the requirements are so intense with fighting, right? It's just five minutes on against another person. Yeah. Um, and then you see people like Miko Salo and yourself who came from soccer, right. And were able to, um, to parlay that into uh, CrossFit. Like once once you had that engine, you could change it. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that of raising young kids? Like that, that your endurance should really be a strong focus. Um, like definitely like it, uh, definitely played well for, for me. Um, but I've always struggled kind of, um, putting on the, the strength side of things. So, um, having an engine is is awesome and is kind of paramount to um, the recovery and how you recover during workouts. It's like any workout over that kind of like seven, eight minute mark, they, they're the workouts that I would tend to do well at because of my endurance background. I can start recovering as I'm still going. Um, so it definitely plays a big part in that. 
uh, I would just say that they need some kind of doesn't even necessarily have to be like strength, but some kind of like power, like training in there so that they don't just build a slow twitch machine. And that's like, that's one of the biggest struggles that I have is my body, um, especially my lower body, just wants to be slow twitch. It just wants to go steady for long. Um, so trying to train it to move fast or trying to train it to be powerful and um, strong is very, very hard and kind of against everything that my body wants to do. I find it a lot easier to put strength and mass on on my upper body, which tends to be a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more fast twitch. So if you have a mixture of that as they're coming up, like maybe have them in um, some kind of endurance, like cross country or something, but then also have them in gymnastics. So they're still doing something where they like having that all out power and that strength would, would be a good mix or have them in swimming and gymnastics. It's funny. I had never thought of it. What you just said. Uh, let me see if I understood this correctly. You're saying that not only if you, if you, if you have a good engine, you're good at a 20 minute workout, but then you're ready for the next 20 work minute workout an hour later, better than someone who doesn't have a good engine. You're, you're reco- you, you learn yeah. to recover better too. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah, and it makes complete sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Did you love the CrossFit that's why games? I like, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, definitely. Um, that's what I was going to say. That's why traditionally I would do better uh, like towards the end of – like I'd do well at the beginning of the games because it would be the endurance events, and then I'd kind of be okay, and then the last day I would be good because everybody else is tired and not recovered from four days of competing. So I'm not doing any better. I've just not got as bad as other people. Um, and, and you loved the CrossFit Games. You knew how to enjoy them. Where some people, it was just uh, a, a kind of a little bit of a nightmare, stress nightmare. It seems like you knew how to enjoy them. Oh, it's like I never took anything for granted. It's like my first games in 2010. Like I wasn't even expecting to qualify for regionals that year, let alone the games. So kind of I just took every year as that was the bonus to all the training that I was doing. Um, I loved training. I loved pushing my body. So the ultimate prize was just being there at the games and getting getting to do what I love in front of thousands of people and with with all these other fantastic athletes. It's funny. I rem- I remember that that 2010 regionals. It was in a field somewhere. What what, what city was that? Oh, uh, so the, uh, 2010. That was the um, sectionals uh, in Mildenhall. Uh, so we were meant to be on a military base and literally the day before the sectionals, the uh, commander or chief, whatever. Uh, you went from sectionals to games that year? So it was sectionals and then it went to regionals in Sweden, but um, it was in the Elika headquarters. Oh, yeah. I went to both of those. I saw you at both of yeah. those. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go back to your story. So the sectional got moved. Yeah, so we were in the parking lot opposite the the, the uh, military base. And yeah, that's where I, the field was. It was just a, it was just a parking lot with a big field around it. I'm trying to think where I was, where I saw you competing, and it was outside, and there were Italians there because I remember the Italians oh, smoke. They yeah, were smoking so you, in between events. It was crazy. So you came to uh, that was regionals 2011 in Boston, uh, not Boston, um, in Bolton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
God, that's that where seems we like had. forever ago. It was glorious sunshine and everybody got burnt. And then the last day it rained and we were doing Amanda in the rain. Nuts. Um, do you remember not ever being able to do a muscle up or could you always yeah. do one? No, uh, definitely that uh, it was. Uh, so I got um, kind of a strict muscle up with like a hip pop over first before the big, uh, big swing kit. Um, it definitely didn't come. I think, I think I started working on more of a, uh, what you see kind of now, uh, whilst I was injured in 2012, kind of like that year while I couldn't use my legs was definitely a big gymnastics focus. Did you, when you saw that movement, were you like, Hey, I'm never going to be able to do that. Or did you think it would be challenging? Did you ever think you'd be amazing at it? Um, I don't know. Like yeah. Like I saw it and I was like, I want to do that. That was like yeah. a massive focus when I would go into the gym. It's like, that's what I want and you'd spend oh i just remember my wrists being like so beat up because you'd go in and you'd get this false grip and you'd just be pulling and pulling and trying and your wrists would just be ripped up and it's like right okay i'll have to have a rest for two three days okay my wrists look healed up enough let's go again right would you used to get chafed in your triceps from the straps too like get a pretty good chafing there um yeah and funny enough um I stopped getting that because I had the big, um, the big kip into like quite a high catch and then not doing muscle-ups for a while. Now I've started doing muscle-ups again. I've been chafing on the triceps. I'm like, damn, what have I, what have I lost? What have I changed? (laughs) (laughs) Sam, you have a, you have a shitload of followers on Instagram. I'm losing them by, by the day. Nobody, nobody wants a retired athlete. 651,000. There's, there's, you were, you were never, you never did the pinup girl kind of, uh, uh, photos. I mean, obviously you have a, a fucking insane, beautiful body, but you never did the, um, do you know what I mean? The pinup girls like, and, and I shouldn't just blame it on, I shouldn't blame is not the right. I shouldn't just characterize the women like that. The men do that too. I think that they call them thirst pics, right? Like just pictures of just where it's just this, just staring just at the body or these poses. Is there a reason why you didn't do that? You didn't go that route. You didn't um, sort of uh, show your body like a, like a Lamborghini. You know what I mean? Someone buys a brand new car and they put, take all these fancy pictures of it. Why didn't you ever show off your body more? Like have, have um, those kind of pictures. I think like, especially when I first came into the spot. And, and for anyone who's listening, with... Sam has an amazing body. She has a small waist, broad shoulders. I mean, she has a, uh, it, it's a fantastic body. You could, camera could totally take advantage of it and do a million thirst picks. Uh, I think like when I first came into the spot, I was very like body conscious. You see all these like girls with like six pack and like looking strong. I mean, I don't think you ever see yourself kind of, as that especially at first and it's like um the first games i was like i came from a soccer background so i'd want baggy shorts on i would want more of a baggy t-shirt the i never did gymnastics or anything like that so having something tight fitting or having something showing my body off was never in kind of the spot that i did so it took me a long time before i even started wearing just a sports bra or uh Oh, booty shots. So that that was like a a long progression for me. And 
I think did you resent the sport for that at all? Were you like, fuck you, I'm not wearing that. Fuck you guys. Or or were no. you or did you and, and when you finally did switch to it, did you embrace it? Did you like it? I think it was more that uh, when I did do it, it was like that was comfortable to perform in. I was like known for my athletic performance and this is what I need to wear to perform well. So it was never then a thought of, oh my God, people are looking at my body. It was still people are watching me do what I'm doing. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I think in the moment, that's probably where all athletes go, right? I mean, once they're, once they're performing, I mean, that's probably why a lot of athletes work out, right? Just kind of shut down their brain. Yeah. Um, there was, there was one outfit in particular that was crazy that I saw you in. Um, was it at the invitational or something? It was a green one. It was a beautiful uh, outfit, but I mean, it was so fucking tiny. I think it was, it was a crazy outfit. I wish I could find it. The, um, the green dress. Uh, no, it was it was something it was it was something it was something you could be like this. Look at this picture. Like look at this picture. Like there's there's athletes in their entire. The, the, so I had to go through. Uh, All right. <laughs> I had to go through a. Th- this wasn't the top I was talking about, but I had to go no. through a thousand posts to find this just now. By the way, yeah. um, like like you're but you could litter your entire what <laughs> that was for charity. I'll I'll show my body for charity. (laughs) I'll do a lot of things for charity. If it's helping some, if it's doing good or helping somebody else, then I'm down for it. (laughs) Um, you even, you even, um, you, oh, this is a good picture. Oh, are you, are you training, um, with Emma McQuaid? Uh, yeah. So I'm actually going back to the UK in May. Um, so I'll be staying with her for a week and then going back and seeing my family. And, and what is that relationship like? Are you, are you, um, are, are you, would you say you're her coach, a training partner, a mentor, a friend, all? A uh, friend. Uh, so she has the same coach as me now. Uh, so basically it started um, in 2016. Um, I saw that she had shoulder surgery and was back snatching and we found out that I needed a shoulder surgery so I reached out to her and I was like hey um, I hope you don't mind me reaching out Uh, I see that you've had surgery you're back training Uh, I need to go in for x y and z I would love to um, speak to you about what you did for rehab and stuff and uh, because obviously I want to get back training and instead of just being like, oh, yeah, I'll send it, she was like, oh, uh, send me your MRI. I'll hand it to my physio. And it ended up being she – I went over to Ireland. I stayed with her, saw her physio and her surgeon. Her surgeon did the surgery on me. Her physio then rehabbed me uh, back, and I was, like, back training and back competing. Um, within I think I did Dubai that year and came second in Dubai Uh, I think it was something like 15 or 16 weeks plus surgery so through that you built a pretty tight friendship that's pretty intense yeah so then I would go back and uh, I'd go over to Ireland and train with her she'd come across to Manchester and train with me Uh, we did that and then I think a year later it might have been she actually started working with my coach 
and then and then it meant that on training camps and stuff like that we were um together and uh, just became really good friends and good training buddies are you similar athletes no no very different Oh, that's a cool top. That green one there is a cool top. Yeah. That's a really cool top. Do you ever dress like that anymore? Will you wear any of that stuff when you work out? Or do you or are you just in shorts and a t-shirt now when you work out? Like will you just go to the affiliate and be like that? Um, so actually doing um 23.3 was the first time that I took my top off in the gym for a while. Uh I don't know. I think you feel a little bit different. It's like I probably don't look much different. But because I'm not doing as much training, I feel a little bit different. So I just never felt like I should have been taking my top off and uh, 23.3. <laughs> do you have a masseuse? Do you have a masseuse? Uh, I, I do get a sports massage uh, like at least like once or twice a month. And those... Cr- in those shadows there on your back, these lines, are there just crazy knots in there? How the God, I would <laughs> fucking love my, I, I, in my mind, my back does look like that, but uh, are there, is your back knotted to all get out? Like, no, it's not too no. bad. Like I look after myself. Uh, I do. Um, I do a lot of recovery that, that just, that photo is just, I think amazing. Jamie looks so tiny in that photo compared to my back. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's a crazy photo. It's so good. Well, you can't be that. I mean, you, you can't be that. Well, I guess I guess I was going to say you can't be that um, concerned about your body if you post a picture like that. I mean, because that's about as big as a fucking woman's back can be. Right. I mean, that's yeah. just the, just the. So, I mean, you, you clearly are proud of it as all get out. I would be. Oh, definitely. And I think like I think when you train in and you um, you are performing well, like you appreciate your body so much more as well because because of what it is accomplishing and what it is doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh so fi- firefighting, um, do you st- do you own an affiliate in Cincinnati? No, I'm still part owner of uh CrossFit Black 5 in uh, Manchester, at Train Manchester. How come? Um it was isn't that just headache like more taxes and paperwork and don't you just want to be like all right go away uh, it's we we're all good friends and there's people in place that are doing uh all the roles it's like i took a, a step back when um when i was like competing uh properly so i've never had to be kind of in that main role or anything would you, in, in, uh, in the gym that you go to in Cincinnati, it's a CrossFit gym? Yeah, I train at a CrossFit Cornerstone. And how long have you been there? So I started there um, during the lockdown. The, my physio, uh, my physical therapist was, they have a like a location within the gym there. And um, I was getting treatment and the owner said because of the clause that if you're an athlete you can like train as part of your job she was like i'm more than happy for you to like come in and train there and prior to that i'd just been training in uh 
the garage. So it was really super nice to actually go into a gym and be able to do like kipping pull-ups and muscle-ups and things and not not be just in this tiny garage unit that was slanted and lifting to one side or anything like that. So I started training there and um, the, I think it would have been, was it the Rogue Invitational that was first? Um, and I asked if I could do the Rogue Invitational there when they'd first just opened up and they were more than happy to uh, accommodate. And they were just like so welcoming it just felt like home. So I, when all the other gyms opened back up, I stayed there and I'm still there now. Are, are you, when Bill and Katie um, call you to do something like the rogue booth is part of you, are, are you, are you like crazy flattered? You're like, wait, but I'm, I'm a firefighter now. And like, yeah. I haven't won the games in nine years. And like, are you, did you call me on accident? So funny enough, it was me and Dan Bailey that were on the booth on Friday. And we were saying before it started, we were like, what if nobody turns up? Like, (laughs) 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 we're like, did they really mean to just have us two stood here? (laughs) Luckily, people came. People still wanted photos with us. So we were okay. (laughs) Uh, Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy meeting people? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, when I first started competing, it was very alien to me. But now it's like part of the process. These, these are people that I've watched us compete. And especially when it's like younger children or younger girls that come on the want to see you, it's like, yes, I'm like, we're like now making it the norm to be strong and powerful instead of being like skinny and not eat. It's like, this is what we want children to see this is what we want the younger generation to see mm. well great to see you thank you for uh, having me on yeah you're a cool dude you're a cool human being thanks for your time i, I, I was uh, i was i'm always excited to talk to you and um I, I i went through your book again and i listened to a bunch of it again oh the, what tell me what was the name of the book i just Fat typed engines Hold on, I'll show. I'll show the picture from my phone. I listen. I, I listen to the audiobook. Oh yeah, start your engine, Sam Briggs. Look at you can tell I've been listening. Right, it's the first yep. one there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not making anything up. Look at <laughs> there. I am. There she is. Thank you. Uh, if there's ever anything I can do for you, let me know. If you're ever in California, let me know. I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to. I'd love to have a beer with you or seven. Definitely. <laughs> tell tell Nicole I said hi. Is Nicole a quiet lady? Uh, I'm definitely the louder one when we're in public at home. She's probably louder than me. Um, if you're in Cincinnati and you or in that region, you'd like to buy a home. It looks like Nicole sells homes. Yeah, she does. Uh, so that's what she started during lockdown. She did her real estate license and uh, she actually started her own company with another guy they've just celebrated being in business for a year so if you're in Cincinnati and uh, need any help she's definitely she definitely goes the extra mile she puts in all the effort that she used to put into competing into uh, buying houses if I let's say I buy a house from Nicole can I write in the contract that I want to be able to uh, meet you have lunch with you uh, 
I'm sure she'd sell me off like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, just pretend like you want a house if you want to meet Sam Briggs. <laughs> All right, girl. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, great catching up with you. And I, uh, I hope our paths uh, cross again soon. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Sam Briggs, ladies and gentlemen. The Vesh Maharaj, Sevan's eye twitches every time Sam mentions who shall not be named. I hope you're joking. I hope my eye wasn't twitching. Uh, Sevan, come scoop me up in Milwaukee. It's on the way to Cincinnati. For some reason, I there those those towns like that, like Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, Cincinnati. For some reason, I want to live there. I don't know why. Man, I went to uh, from her from Nicole. Yeah, Sam is so cool. She was really she was really mellow today. I mean, she's always pretty mellow, but but uh, but in person, I remember her uh, uh, being a little more joking. Like uh, I don't know, but she's great. I always felt. Uh, kind of free around her you could tell she's one of those people that when she's around everyone gets a little looser like you don't need those two beers uh that that you might need around some people like her you just you just go there uh sevon remember people to give a like yes look look you know what i think i think a lot of people watch this on their tv and it's too much work to scroll up and hit the like button from your tv because you got to do with that with the remote and it's kind of weird um Somehow that interview was better than I expected and I had high expectations. Yeah, she's so calm. The book's cool. It's a good journey. If you want if if you want to be a crossfitter, you should definitely read that book. You should definitely read that book. I like the fact she had this good healthy balance by like she was proud to be doing certain things as a woman, but she didn't want any special um She, she she didn't want any special uh any preferential treatment. Jay Hartle, why do you hate Dan Bailey? I don't know if hate's the right word. Sure, fine. What do you want to know? I don't I don't really want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. It is my show. I've I've told the story a million times. Go back and listen. Find it. You know what it is. It's, I'll tell you what it is. It's stupid ass expectations on my fault. I bragged you guys about how like I don't give a fuck about trust and like I try to prance around here like I'm fucking enlightened and things don't bother me. He did some shit that fucking bothered me. He did some shit that fucking that that hurt me. I, I was I was vulnerable to him and he did some shit that hurt me. I was in my mind. I was I was gave him the best version of myself and it wasn't enough. And uh, and and he um. When when the Floyd nineteen shit went down, there was multiple reports of him saying telling people that I should be fired, and I did so fucking much uh, for him that I felt owed. I felt like someone shouldn't hurt me if I do that, and that's my fault. I, I get it. No one no one owes me anything. So yeah, I have this mentality that I can't be hurt, but but it's a lie. Just a fucking scared little boy inside. Somewhere, not much. There's a little one in there though. There's some in there. And so, I mean, he lived with my family, with my kids. For those of you who have kids, that's like the craziest thing that you can do. Let someone move into your house, come into your house when you have kids. I take that shit so fucking seriously. 
like crazy seriously. Yeah. If Dan and Rosa were standing next to you, uh, who would you throw a bike? Throw the bike at? Neither. I I, I don't have any. I'm fine. I I just um. I don't um. There's, there's too many, there's too many crazy, I put my, I put myself out there too many times for Dan, for me to just be like, even the Danny Broflex thing, you know, I, I was told I would be fired if I, if I proceeded with the Danny Proflex thing and I proceeded with it anyway, cause I felt like it was the right thing to do. And, uh, just, and just tons of shit like that. Just put myself out there, but for, uh, I'm maybe I did something to upset him and he's like, fuck this guy. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe he, maybe he was taking a shower once and he heard me laughing in the other room and he thought I could see in the shower and was making fun of his tiny dick. And so he built up a reason to be mad at me. And so, you know, maybe it was like something like that. But it was just, it was just, uh, it's just me feeling like I got, I just got hurt. Uh, Sevon, um, I sent you an Insta post of Tyson Bajan standing with the noble guy. (laughs) Oh, uh, no, it's okay even woke people need friends too. I don't even have a problem with that Todd guy. I just think it's fucking hilarious. Those people have to wake up too, but thank you. Yeah. Every, everyone at some point is going to have to wake up, but it is just fun. The irony, right? They demand people take a drug to work at their work. And now we know that drug kills people. And now he uses the phrase, are my staff killed themselves to get this done. And it just, I don't care. But it's just like, imagine if you're one of those people who's like died or like your sister died or your brother died, your mom died. And those people claim that they're so sensitive to that shit, right? I just would never, I just can't stand that company. I just can't, they're they're just rotten people over there. And it sucks that so many of my friends are like, I have friends who are sponsored by them and shit. They're just, it's so, it's so inconsistent and duplicitous, but whatever. But I, but I want the best for Tyson. I don't like the NFL either. I think the NFL is just rotten to the core too. Complete scumbags, the worst of the worst. Just, the, I think that they're, I think that they are a, they, they, they are at the root of systemic racism. Uh, all the, all the horrible things in society, drug use, dishonesty, lying, selling out, being fake. And yet I'm so excited that Tyson's going there. I mean, he worked his whole life to get there. I'm so happy for him. For him. So um, I'm, I'm, exact, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm positive. I'm positive about it all. No, the NFL is not a fixed game too. Shut up. No, it's not. Have you had? No, I don't want to have a private conversation with them. I'm not interested in having a private conversation with them. I'm not interested in, in the least. He doesn't owe me an apology at all. It's just, it's just a story. I don't, um, I, uh, I don't want to have a private conversation with him. I don't want to have a private conversation with him or Katrin. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at them. I'm not, uh, it's just a, it's just a story now. You stay at my house for months on end. I let you in. I go out of my way professionally to fucking push you forward I always go out and limb for you. I fucking love you to death. I shower you with kindness. What I think. Now, maybe I was just a complete fucking asshole to him. I don't, I can only know what I know. But in my mind, I was all that to him. And then for him to tell people that he thinks I should get fired because I'm part of the toxic environment. 
fuck you. And so my, my little Sevy was hurt, right? My best wasn't good enough. That's it. That's all I'm saying. No, it's okay. I can talk about it. Thank you, Kenneth. My best wasn't good enough. And so I'm hurt. It kind of, I guess you could say the same way, Sam, right? Her best wasn't good enough either. She tried her hardest to make it to the games and her best wasn't good enough and it just hurts. Yeah, I'm hurt. I'm wounded. It sucks. I get over it. It's, it's, it's the reality of it. Same with Katrin. Like, well, why would you, re, why would you repost that? I was making fucking more than a half a million dollars a year, working 365 days a year to do everything in my fucking power to promote you guys and to love on you guys. And it's your first moment of fucking running me over. You ran me over. Oh, little savvy. That's it. But it's great fuel now, right? Oh my goodness. I do. I do. I am going to circle back and probably back the truck up over Julie Fouché again. I heard that she has a uh, podcast out with. I heard she has a podcast. I heard Julie Fouché. You're so good, Philip. I heard Julie Fouché just did a podcast with someone. I can't remember who, but I'm going to listen to it. And I heard at the end she cries. Because she's so happy that I, I better not even make fun of it yet until I listen to it. But I heard at the end she cries because she's so excited because Don is going to save CrossFit. Man, Julie Foucher's a piece of work. Fucking psychopath. Full blown. Un, un, unbelievable. Unfucking believable. I, I have this recording where she called Greg crying telling him he has to turn the company over to them to save crossfit to to to, to them what i say didn't i did i not say don fall what i say what i call him donnie donnie boy me and don are tight i can call him donnie donnie oh donnie what's up yeah yeah exactly uh seven sure has a long list I mean, I was just in a shootout. I mean, a few years. So I got a, I got a list, you know, of like people. Here's the deal. I've told you guys before. You ready? I was in a room with 500 people and a shooter came in. And I got to look around the room and see how everyone would react. That's what we got to see. That's what it was like working at CrossFit. I got to see who ran for the door. I got to see who grabbed, went for a gun. I got to see who held a baby up for protection. I got to see it all. I got to see who went outside the room and then, and then fucking uh, uh, locked the doors from the outside. So when you see that, I, it just makes for great storytelling, and I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. That's all I have. That's all I have left, actually. That's why when someone called me the other day and they go, you're so fucking dangerous. I am. I am very dangerous. I think, I, I, I think that they're right. I have too many stories and they're too fun and it's, and it's how I put food on my table telling stories. So in that way, yeah, I'm crazy dangerous. And I have fucking a hundred terabytes of photos and documentation and shit like that too. So it's, it makes it, it makes it, and I have nothing to lose. That's why. So that's why I think a lot of these people now just back off and they don't want to tango. And because one of my friends is crazy rich and can hire any lawyer he wants in the world to fuck your shit up. So there's a combination of like weird things. 
and probably I'm willing to do anything so that my kid's life is good. Uh Oh, I've started going through my emails. I shouldn't do that while I'm on the show, right? Are you guys excited? Oh, you know, damn it. You know what I forgot to uh, bring up? Um, uh, Barry, my cockiner, uh, I lost my friend of 20 years because I didn't get the vax and he thought I was a threat to his family. Holy shit. Uh, I, I got a story like that here in a second, too. Um, I meant that Sam fought a lady once, a lady named Sarah Dunn. The story's in the book. Sam fought this chick named Sarah Dunn for a charity event. And, and, and in the final round, Sam hit her with a fucking uppercut and put her on her back. Bam. Chick got up like at the eight count. And uh, they called the fight a tie. And Sam was like, fuck that. That ain't no tie. Knock that bitch out on her back. But anyway, and then three days later, three days later, Sam Briggs. Can you fucking believe this? This is a great story. Three days later. So she had to put on weight for that boxing match. She had to get up to 65 kilos. kilos. So she gets up to 65 kilos, right, for the fight. She knocks this bitch out, Sam, uh, Sarah Dunn. And she does it all for charity. And then uh, Sam, three days later, she 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 drops three and a half kilos. I think that's like seven pounds. And she does that by fucking late at night with fucking garbage bags on her, fucking riding the fucking assault bike or with blankets on her, uh, trying to lose weight every single night, sweating her ass off. And so three days later, three and a half kilos less, she um, enters the British Rowing World Championships or the British Championships for, for rowing. Because she had to be 61 kilos. I guess that, that rowing shit's done by weight class. Cool, right? Gain weight for a fucking boxing match and then fucking lose weight three three days later to enter the rowing competition. Yeah. Um I didn't I don't I didn't lose any friends over the um vaccine, but I um I I think more just in general, when I got red pilled, there were people, they were just scared. They didn't want to be around because if you're around red pill, blue pill, people don't want to be around red pill people. They don't want to accidentally let the light in, which is funny because the red pill people don't mind being around the blue pill people. Like, I don't mind being around those people. I don't mind talking to them. But for some reason, so I, I've had friends like they don't want to, they don't, they don't want to talk about uh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, you want to see a comment that some fucking chick left me? You guys want to look? Uh, this chick left this fucking, cre- it, this chick left this message. If you're going to write something to me on YouTube, to think like three or four times before you write it. Don't just say stupid shit like that. I'm going to be able to be like, uh, that makes no sense. Oh, I wonder if we're going to have Claire uh, Danes on, Claire Bays on again tomorrow. Uh, do we have a show scheduled for tomorrow uh, evening? God, I'm so excited to speak to Tyson tomorrow, 7 a.m. Let me show you this comment here. Let me see if I can find this comment. Comments. Um, Sevon, I stopped listening after you started babbling about pyramid schemes. Oh, that's the Ronnie Teasdale episode. Where is this? Uh, This lady made a comment. I wish I could find it on here, but she was telling me that there's been shitloads of incompetent white people running the world for years. 
And it's like, you're missing the point. I, I don't even remember exactly what she was talking about, but I could guess. That's fine. I, I agree. There has been shitloads of incompetent white people running the world for years. I couldn't agree more with you. But what's your point? That we should now hire uh, incompetent people who are Asian or black or Hispanic to, to help balance it out? Doesn't even, that, that doesn't even make sense. That, that two wrongs make a right? How is that? Where, where are these people's logic? What happens is, is when you write that shit on YouTube, you're just showing to me that you've been triggered and that you're not even listening. You're not even thinking coherently anymore. Darn, I wish I could find it. It's a great example of just being angry. Hey, man, I can't be angry if someone – I can't – when 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 the, when the vice president of, of America West Bank or, or whatever it was, I forget what it was, in Los Angeles – I have a meeting with her and uh, and she's she fucking runs 50 banks in L.A. And she says, yeah, we don't lend money to Armenians. It's a policy we have. And if we see the last name IAN, we send them to the, uh, a, a district outside of ours to this other these other banks. I'm not I don't go. Oh, my God, that racist bitch. I go. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that. They want to make money. They want to make money. They're not. They're not not lending money to Armenians because they're Armenian. I'm not if you put if you put me um, as captain of a team and you put Jay Hartle as captain of a team and then 20 people we have 20 people in front of us we've never met before and we have to pick teams to play basketball. I'm not racist if uh, Jay Hartle and I pick all the black dudes first. That doesn't make us racist. You have, to, you have to understand that. We're going off of experience. That's it. The bank's not that's, – that's not, that's not racism. That's not racism. That's, just, that's, that, that's something different. You have to – a saying that um, all Indian dudes smell like curry or, or a bunch of Indian dudes smell like curry or Indian dudes have pretty strong body odor, that's not racism. If you can't get past that, then we're in serious trouble in this world. And if those things trigger you, then you're fucked. If you see a snake with a fucking big jawline like this, as opposed to the snakes that just look like worms, you should walk away. That jawline is where fangs hang out. Those are, those are fangs. Venomous, thank you. Venomous, yeah. They, yeah, they got the, the juice in there. They got those big hollow teeth in there with juice in them. Yeah, facts, not feelings. This is this is just the way the way it is. But um, if you think that um, black people are good at basketball because of the color of their skin, then you're also retarded. That's where you have to distinguish. It has nothing to do with the color of skin. It's so somehow culturally they play that sport more than Asian kids. Just like if it's a fucking spelling test, pick the fucking Indian girl. This isn't this. This is not that. That is not racism. But it's okay to celebrate it. Like if you're the first, also I think it's okay to celebrate it. if you're the first Indian girl to win the fucking national spelling bee. It's fucking cool. Good on you. So it's funny you say that, Victor. I am. I need to buy an eighty pound dumbbell. I that the seventies getting a little. Don't tell anyone, Victor. The seventies getting a little easy for me. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. 
fucking strong like a bull right now. I want to tell you guys. Uh, I've, some people think that I've been on California hormones. That is not true. But, but, uh-oh. I know. But I have, I have, I have dabbled. I have, oh, I don't know if I should say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deadlift 295. I know that was kind of easy too. I should show you guys the video. I couldn't even believe it. What's crazy is I just don't deadlift. I'm scared to death of deadlifting. And it just came right up. <clears throat> okay, ready? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what I've been taking a little bit. Just a little bit. Not a lot. Nope, not DHEA. Nope. Good guess. Nope. Uh I I bought a jug. I'll show you what I bought. I'll just show you. I shouldn't even say it out loud. I got it on Amazon. Anyone else want to guess what I'm what I'm on? I got the juice. Yeah, I've always dabbled in a little creatine. No, not fake weights, though. Great guess. <laughs> Great guess. <laughs> not fake weights. Uh, let me see if I can. And you know what's crazy is it just shows how much... Uh, this is definitely just because I was influenced. I've never, I've never really, I don't think I've dabbled in shit like this in 20 years here. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Here it is. Brace yourself. Nope, not monster energy. That stuff. I got the, um, I got 60 servings of that NO explode. And I started taking it like, I started like drinking it with a pint of water um uh maybe 30 minutes before i work out and and i god i don't really want to endorse that shit boo look at kenneth i know cheater right fucking all juiced up um i uh, to look at victor trash <laughs> so you're on meth now oh i know i shouldn't have been vulnerable to you guys you assholes uh John Clark, Sevon, you don't need no NO explode. Well, something happened. You know what? Maybe it's get you think there's meth in there? No, I don't, I don't feel uh an explode. No explode is trash. There we go. Uh, uh Gabe, the pre-workout of champs. Thank you. I um <clears throat> I just heard uh, Hiller talk about it and about making your skin crawl and all that. So it does not definitely doesn't make my skin crawl. But I've been taking a scoop of that before I work out, and um, I've been uh, I've been just fucking around a little bit, and, and it, 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 it kind of, it motivates me a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I, I Adderall is next. No, I don't. I've never even tried Adderall. I do want to try Adderall. Um, next, he will be slamming C fours. Come on, guys. Come on. Knew I shouldn't have shared that with you guys. Hey, two of you jackasses will end up buying that stuff. Two scoops and you'll, I would never, I couldn't imagine taking two scoops. I don't need to deadlift more than that. I was cool with that. I'm cool with that. Uh, so Tyson Bajan's coming on tomorrow. He went to the combine this past weekend, the NFL combine. Um, I've seen some video footage from it. He looked absolutely fantastic. You guys want to see this pass he threw? So crazy. Uh, Tyson Bajan. Uh, I wonder if I have to type in NFL 
Hey, so Caleb's gone. No more Caleb. That's it. Just gone. Like he had to go back to his day job. Isn't that crazy? Fucking nuts. Oh, Tyson Vagent uh, Combine. I want to show you this. This, uh, they said they call this throwing it in the bucket. I think that's what they call it, throwing it in the bucket. Let me see if I can find this. Nope, not that. Oh, not that one. Broad jump. He did the broad jump. Tyson Bajant, number one pick in NFL draft. Tyson Bajant's son prepares. Oh, what's that? Anyway, I'll make sure I have it tomorrow. Let's see, NFL Combine. Oh, you, maybe it's on my oh, QB drill. Is this it? No. Maybe it's on my, maybe I put it on my Instagram. Anyway, he throws this pass, and the guy's looking, and it's, it's I don't know, it's 50 yards, and the guy's running, and he just looks up over his head, and it lands in his hands. I don't know if he's gone forever. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So you guys are freaking out about Caleb. I can fill in for Caleb um, some weekdays. It's 7 a.m., man. 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I need someone I need someone who's fucking crazy like Caleb. I need another dude who's in the military who's stuck somewhere is what I really need. It's just an ass job. I'm in cybersecurity. I can take over. Uh, Sevon, just... Uh, don't move on from there. Oh, you mean from NO Explode? I, I I won't. I'm good. And when I run out of that, I'm too cheap to even buy more. Um, what about a poor? Yeah, poor. Uh, yeah, yeah, poor vet stuck at home who's like, I would love. Like, what if we just got some like drug addict? Like, we just felt sorry for him, but he just ran the back end like Caleb did. I'm stuck, but I'm busy doing things. All right. Uh, I can do it. How much does it pay? It's horrible pay. You have to, you have to find a way. It's horrible pay. And if you talk too much or do something to piss me off, I'll, I'll snap at you. Ask Caleb. You have to be very. You're under always under complete scrutiny, not to fuck up my stories or my pacing or the rhythm I'm on. I just uh, see like this, like sorry, Jeremy. I have to use an example. Hit me up offline, Sevy. I may be able to help you. Like right away, that dude, Jeremy's out. That's it. That's it. He's out. I may be able to help. I need someone who's be like, dude. I'll fucking do anything. I'll be there every day at seven a.m. for a year. I promise. And if you need a handy, I'll just close my eyes and take one for the team. Like that's what I need. So that's that's the kind of job it is. There's no niceties. There's no hit me up or can I, it's like, I, I, there's no middle ground. I'm either like, I'm either in love with you or I'm talking shit behind your back to Sousa about how much I hate you. And I wish Sousa would get rid of you. That those are the only two. And Caleb, that's like, it's going to be impossible to replace Caleb. I don't do any niceties. I hang up on him. If he says something I don't like, I snap at him after the show. And yet he still has to be confident and just keep going, pressing forward. 
just be like comfortable in his own skin and do it. I don't know how he does it. If I was 26 or 27, I'd be like, fuck this. Uh, the white man has been running the back end of your podcast, messing it up. It's time for Jeremy because he's black. I, I, fair enough. Fair enough. No pay minimum wage. I don't pay. Listen, I, it, honestly, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, you're so lucky you get to work with me. He's, he's in the military. He's in the military. I'm not joking about that. I really do think that. I'm like, holy fuck, you get to work with me. You're so fucking lucky. I hope someday, Brian, I hope someday I'm rich so I can fucking, um, and Brian and I can talk about, like, that's all the contention between Brian Friend and myself. This motherfucker tries to stand up for himself and tell me, like, he needs money and shit. We're like a fucking married couple, me and Brian. Like, Brian tries to get money from my other people. Uh, I think it's about time you start paying so-and-so. Like, shut the fuck up. I ain't paying nobody. Pay them. Can't even get a fucking... Sp- huh. I gotta fucking beg Gabe to send coffee. Get a fucking... Pay him. But the show is killing it. We're doing it. We're, do- we're doing it right. Okay. Uh, so tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., Tyson Bajan. And I appreciate all of you guys for that. I don't take you guys for granted. Well, ah, not you. I take the the get. Ah. No, I don't. I don't take the even the guests for granted. Uh, okay. Um, tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Tyson Bajan. and then I think in the evening we're gonna have uh, Brian uh, for trolling the leaderboard. Uh, and and oh, oh, here, yes, vindicate. Get your CEO gear. See, this is my kind of person. He pays me to sell my shit. This is what I mean. This is how unbalanced the relationships are with me. Uh, get your CEO gear at Vindicate. How do you not have a seat? Dude, these shirts are so dope. Hey, my kids love their fucking gold shirts. Look at that shit. We got some gray hairs on there. And I got some... If you have broad shoulders and you're not one of those dudes who likes his shit tight on him, like around his titties, like this is a large and this thing fits me so good. And I have crazy, I'm like, I'm like built like uh, SpongeBob square pants. I'm telling you. And the sleeves are kind of, they're not too loose. So when you flex, like you get, they, they, they tighten up a little bit, but not too tight. That's a great fucking shirt. I love this shirt. I love it that, you know what I love even more? I love it that Hiller loves it. He's always wearing it too. I love that. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, uh, money and, uh, money and nudity is the only way to get Sevon's attention. That's fair. I, yeah, I'm a large. I sent you a medium. No, I'm a large. All the mediums end up going to the wayside. I have to be so fucking skinny to fit into a medium because I have, I have, I have giant lats and giant tits for my size. But 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 a large isn't um, uh, a too long on me either, which is kind of crazy. Oh my goodness, the tit thing! I broke the code on the tit thing. So a friend of mine told me that her and her her girlfriend did that, and they said there's no fucking way real tits do that, and that I nailed it exactly right. Real tits go in circles, and they they don't even like it. Real tits when you shake around, they don't even they just they're they're they can't ever get on the same page. Real tits don't get on the same page unless it's up and down. Fake tits get on the real on the real page side to side and up and down. Real tits will only get on the same page up and down, like if you're running. 
with the bra on. But side to side, no, they don't do that. They do not do that. Yes, real tits have a mind of their own. Yes. And they start kind of like circling. They start making circles. Oh, we got it. Bruce, you don't have a CEO shirt. Bruce, I got to get you a CEO shirt. By the way, guys, Bruce Wayne has been killing it. All you guys, all you people but have been, who've been helping me with uh, the thumbnails, you're absolutely killing it. And Bruce Wayne has just been savage, complete savage with them. I'm so, I'm so happy. I, I wonder if that's why our viewership's gone up. You guys want to see the boob video again? Who doesn't want to see that, right? Oh, I don't I don't even know if I have access to it on my computer anymore. I went from not wanting to show that to like letting you guys know I take NO explode. I've really opened up to you. Oh, I don't see it. Oh, is this it? This never gets old. Nope, that's not it. Well, all right. Well, you guys won't be seeing the boobs today. They're probably on. I probably sent them to Caleb. Corey Leonard, I'm only here for the boobs. Oh, yeah. Jessica, you are totally wrong. You are totally wrong. Your, your creds as a chick just went down the toilet. You're totally wrong. You have to have two shirts on. Yeah, sorry. They'll be they'll be here. I'll, we'll we'll get that clip back. Oh shit! Bullshit! I had two girls in the gym do it, and they have real boobs. They did not. You're fucking full of shit. You did not. You did not. They didn't get their tits synced like that, going like that. There's no no. They did not. You're full of shit. You know what someone told me? They're like, I know why you do someone. A friend of mine called me. He goes, I know why you do those bits. And I go, why? And they go, cause you just want people to send their boobs to you. It's like, wow, I didn't even think of that. By the way, Sevon, if you ever need someone to test those videos on send away, I have no shame. Oh, you mean like if I, like, I don't need to test them. Just, sometimes I see stuff like that. I'm like, who do I send this to, to like, um, I like I don't know who to send this to. Like who? Like I showed it to my wife, and then and then what? Like I need one other. I need, I, I I guess I need a partner in crime who's like holy shit. Yeah, that shit's gotta kill your boobs. That can't be good for them at all. But what's funny is this friend of mine who's a girl. She was like pissed at me that I didn't send it. She's text me. She's like, hey, numbnut, send those videos to me. I'll I'll tell you anything you want to know about the titties. I was like, all right, thanks. Yeah, real dicks go side to side and up and down and round and round. Yeah, the dick's so versatile. The penis is very versatile. I know. Sorry, Bruce. God, this is a tough show. Tough way to end the show. I'm apologizing. No, no, it wasn't Allison. No. I did. I did. I did at the Super Bowl party. No, I did at the UFC party. Show it to Allison's husband. And he liked it. He, I, I, or at least, I don't know. You never know with guys, right? Like maybe a guy might just feel like he has to maybe say he likes it, I guess. I don't know. But I had had like probably three or four white claws diluted with six sparkling waters. And, um, and so I started sharing the video. Okay. 
I will see you guys uh, 7 a.m. tomorrow. I'll see you twice tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye.